Hey, this is John Fuller, and welcome to the final episode of Season 5 of the Christmas Stories Podcast. Um, As we prepared, I was thinking about this past Christmas and what a strange year it was. And Christmas for us had been interrupted. We had several kids who couldn't be with us at Christmas time for a number of years. So this past Christmas was really actually very meaningful for me because it was the first time in several years that all six of our kids were together with us at Christmas time. And it may be that last year was especially difficult or especially meaningful for you. We're glad you've joined us for this uh, podcast as we conclude the season uh, discussing the importance of family during the holidays. I'm in the studio with our Vice President of Communications here at Focus, Paul Batura. And Paul, uh, you share richly about memories uh, growing up. Um, There really is a lot of meaning when we anchor our traditions and our holidays around family, isn't there? So many, John. And I, and I was just talking to the producer, uh, our friend John, about this a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I found a tape of our family's Christmas Eve celebration from 1979. So I was seven years old, and it was the last Christmas that my brother, who my oldest brother, I'm a family, youngest in a family of five, it was the last Christmas that we all spent together before my brother got married. Huh. And it was was this like a cassette recording? It was a very a little a little machine that you that somebody set up and just pushed record and everything's on there. That's exactly what it was. Oh and goodness. it's a crude recording. It's not great, but you can hear the voices. You can yeah. hear you know little voices since I was only seven. And it really what struck me about it, John, was that I you know I tend to have rose colored glasses when I look back on my childhood. And yet, I, listening to that, there was a lot of dysfunction in it, and there was also a lot of joy and a lot of poignant reflection. I, my father, I think, called, accused me of having a big mouth uh, because I oh. had uh, alerted my mom that we were recording it, which she was very self-conscious about that. And yet, the, the recording ends with us singing Silent Night. My mom and dad are gone, and now I can listen to the singing of our family from 1979. And we do that now, you know, our own family, my mm-hmm. wife and our three boys. So there is a ton of connection and uh, a very, very uh, warm memories there that yeah. feed the current uh, celebration this year. Oh, I appreciate that. And we've talked a lot during this season about traditions and memories, and we're going to listen to some of our staff members here at Focus talking about ways they've found meaning while spending time with family. And we're going to start off with some broadcast guests, uh, Pastor Levi Lusco and his wife, Jenny. Well, Jenny and I both uh, came from homes where we waited until Christmas Day to open up our presents. So I know there's some divide on that. Some people open up some on Christmas Eve, and we might occasionally let them open up like a special package of pajamas so they can all wake up in them Christmas Day. But but generally speaking, we wait till Christmas Day for the presents. True, we do. But sometimes on that day when we're opening all of them, it's like, maybe we should have split this up a little bit more. <laughs> Pace ourselves. Grandparents get a little out of control. They oh send so much. Oh my gosh. I always forget that, that there's other gifts coming in. But that's it's that's a fun thing that we do in the morning. We'll do cinnamon rolls. And we don't, I mean, maybe one day I'll... They're Pillsbury, them, ladies and gentlemen. I'll make them from scratch. But, but we like the ones with days. the orange flavor. Yeah. Those are delicious. Yeah. And we do stockings. Mm-hmm. And then normally it's Christmas the Christmas story. story. We'll rotate around who gets to read it. And it's usually carnage. Everyone's kind of going crazy. <laughs> and then we do the gifts one at a time. And then 
Uh, we'll usually have some sort of a longer Christmas brunch after that. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, one of our favorite Christmas traditions is every year, our church, Fresh Life Church, we look at the needs in our communities and we ask the homeless shelters and the food banks and the, all the different ministries that are doing a great work helping those who are the least of these. And we ask them to tell us their greatest needs. And then we put that together for our churches, a chance to worship Jesus on his birthday by doing something that would please his heart more than anything. We're not against gifts, of course, but we also want to make sure that part of our Christmas worship involves doing something to help people who need help and to show tangibly the love of God. And we love it. We involve our kids in it. We save all year uh, for that offering, and we do an above and beyond giving that, that goes out to these ministries. And I think that's one of my favorite Christmas mm. traditions as well. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, my favorite uh, family Christmas tradition is every New Year's Eve, my dad cooks dinner and we have what we call the shepherd's meal. And uh, based on what we eat, it's probably closer to what King Herod ate, not the shepherds. But it's very uh, simple Mediterranean food with uh, pita and meat, yogurt and hummus and vegetables. And we dim the lights and we light some candles and uh, we eat dinner in the dark. One year when I was a kid, we even ate on the living room floor, picnic style, like we might have outside. And my uh, dad reads the stories uh, of the angels coming to visit the shepherds. And to this day, even though all of my siblings and I are grown, that's still uh, our favorite part of Christmas as a family. So one of the best Christmas gifts I was ever able to give was to my mom. My wife and I had been out in a little town somewhere. And keep in mind, we lived in Virginia at the time. My parents lived in Chicago. And we were in this little town, and we found these, uh, like, footlocker things, um, you know, that you put blankets and stuff. They were cedar. They smelled wonderful. They were gorgeous. And uh, they were big. And so we bought two of them, one for ourselves and one for my parents. Now, the challenge was getting it back to Chicago. And um, thankfully, my brother and his wife came to visit shortly after that, and they agreed somehow to fit this in their vehicle and drive it back. And then um, they kept it in their house for six months until Christmas. And so Christmas, uh, like Christmas Eve or the day before that, whatever, we sneak it up to my parents' upstairs room where we have all the Christmas tree and the stuff and hide it behind the couch so that on Christmas Day, we're going to open this thing. You know, we open all the gifts and we're like, oh, there's one more. And, you know, they didn't know it was there. We're, my brother and I are pulling this couch out and then this huge box. And what made it extra special was that my mom had been taking some medication that reduced her sense of smell so she could barely smell anything. And this cedar was so strong that she could smell it. And she just really loved that uh, piece of furniture for decades now. A lot of times during the Christmas time, my entire family, they all come over. And what happens is we all get together and we have so much food. Like, there's too much food. I mean, it reminds me of how blessed we are in this country for what we have, you know, and to be grateful for what God has given us because we have so much. And I've been to other countries and stuff and I've seen that they have nothing. So it just 
reminded me of like, God, thank you so much. Like you are so good, you know, and we are so full and so, you know, and so stuffed. And by the time dinner comes around, we're like, we don't, we can't eat anymore. We're, we're too full. Um, but it's just, and at, you know, it's just at that time is when I realized like, Lord, like, thank you. Like, all I can say is thank you because you have been so good. Like, I am so blessed to just have my family around. We're not hungry. You know, we have everything that we need, you know, and I just want to say thank you, Lord God. And it's just a time of remembrance as, as well when we all just get together and we remember who Jesus is at this time. Music is something that's been really special to my family and Throughout my entire life, we've been intentional to go to my grandpa and grandma's house every Christmas where we'd spread out, play games, cook food, and then we'd all gather in the living room and just sing Christmas carols and hymns together. And I'm one of 16 cousins, so there'd be a lot of us packed into the little living room piled on the couches or sitting on the floor. And now my family's continued to get larger And some of my cousins are married with families of their own, but we still go to Grandpa's house, and music is something that still just brings us together, including some of the little ones now give song suggestions, including the the ABCs, which we definitely sang a couple Christmases ago. I so love hearing those different stories about food and music and just being together. It is really wonderful to hear how family traditions bring joy. I hope you've been inspired uh, along the way here. Now, Paul, um, learning about the Christmas story is really common. I mean, families, uh, religious and non-religious, tend to talk about the nativity scene and the the Bible stories. How did you grow up hearing about Christmas And uh, what have you kind of kept from those formative years of your life and imported into your own family with three boys? Yeah, you know, when growing up, my mom and dad uh, often prepared late for Christmas. And so they were reluctant to put up the tree early. That sounds like they were unprepared for Christmas. Well, they really were. I I thought it had a lot to do with their um, Catholicism and and the fact that... um, you know, you don't start celebrating Christmas, you celebrate Advent, which is this time of preparation. Right. So we had the wreath, which we did the Sunday night readings, we lit the candles, yeah. and then we had the Advent calendar on the bulletin board in the kitchen. And it was always great anticipation, counting down the days. And the week before Christmas, the tree went up, the nativity went out, Jesus wasn't in it until Christmas Eve. And so that was the that was the our family tradition. And of course, on Christmas Eve, um, the the event I talked about, we would read the Christmas story. In the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, "Where is he that is born king of the Jews?" And it was uh, you know very very formative for me, uh, specifically the anticipatory nature hmm. of the build up to Christmas. And um, uh, we try and do that. We don't have the same, you know, we still put the tree up a little early. My wife grew up with the tradition of putting it up right after Thanksgiving, which seems a little early if you have a live tree, but we kind of go along with it with some modifications. You've made some peace on that. We go first week of December. Got it. And it's I who have to fill up, uh, constantly (laughs) put water in the tree every morning so it doesn't get, you know, into a torch by Christmas Day, you know. Oh, my. Well, we have uh, a corner to turn here, so to speak, and uh, we want to acknowledge that despite the warm um, Christmas memories we've been talking about, it might not be an easy time for you. It may be that your family is facing a pretty difficult Christmas season. 
Uh, things are challenging, but we have some stories that might give you some hope. Uh, here again are Levi and Jenny Lesko talking about how to find meaning in hardship. And then we're going to hear from Erica Seely about a time her family didn't have much, and yet they still found meaning. Well, for Jenny and I, I know that it's a challenging thing to think about the way Christmas can have kind of a backstory. And that is to say that you approach the holidays normally with just the sense of it's the, the most magical time of the year. But for us, after our daughter Linya went home to be with Jesus just five days before Christmas, I can remember like it was yesterday, the next holiday season approaching mm-hmm. and having this sense of like, I'm actually scared of Christmas. I saw the Starbucks Christmas holiday cups and I started to see the decorations and I realized it was triggering for, for us some of the most difficult things we had ever faced. Well, and it's always been in our family a fun thing gearing up for Christmas and the decorations. And I remember that Christmas before Lenny went to heaven, we had found this super fun craft um, on Pinterest or something. And it involved red paper. And I remember my sister and Lenya went to go buy the red paper. And then we created these really cool ornament things. And and so those were hanging in our house. Um, And even after Lenny went to heaven, those were still hanging in our house. And then we took them down the following year. I still had those. And so even hanging those up or decorating at all or wondering, like, what do we do? Because I... I didn't want to decorate. I didn't want to, I didn't want to actually make a big deal out of a a hard season, but we had to kind of push ourselves a little bit. Well, and we, I remember just feeling like it was a crossroads, like, okay, how we handle this first Christmas is going to be an an important thing. Yeah. And all of our instincts said, pull back. But I just felt like there was something inside me that was hearing the Holy Spirit saying, you know, if you if you can run toward the roar, which has been a, mant- a mantra for us, uh, mm. you know, face the things that fear that you're afraid of, so you don't have to live in fear anymore. And yeah. for us, it was the sense of d- lighting. I remember I cried. I put the ladder up, and I was hanging lights on the front of the house, and I felt tears splashing down. But it was also healing, mm. and it was it was sort of an act of defiance to worship Jesus anyway, because it's not about Frosty and Santa. It was about a king who came to die. And when he died, he rose from the dead. And if that's the case, then the very fact that death and Christmas became enmeshed for us is appropriate because that's the reason he came. He didn't come to inspire us with his good songs or sermons. He came to die on the cross. And so when when we realized that, then there was like almost like, okay, let's do even more decorations. Let's let's go even harder. Let's 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 make sure the, the light of Christ shines even brighter. And we felt a great sense of healing. And from from then then forward, it was with challenge, of course, at times, yeah. because those associations are always going to be there. But at the same time, it's become once again, a thing where it's something we look forward to. Right. And that it's a tradition for our family now. And even for you, me and you as a couple and for us and our kids, like to have those little tradition things that might even be super simple, but have been for us something that's just fun that we look forward to. So I would just say to those of you who feel like, man, the holidays are so complicated. I almost want to do like John Grisham said and skip Christmas uh, and just kind of check out on this whole thing. I would just say you're maybe missing the opportunity for God to fill mm. an empty place, a painful place with his presence. And, and it's potentially something where you could have the most meaningful holiday ever in spite of the difficulty. 
I have five kids, and when my daughter was born, who's number three, she was born right after Christmas, and so her first Christmas and her first birthday were taking place around Christmas time the next year. I had always made a really big deal out of each of my kids' first birthdays and first Christmases. At that particular time, when my daughter was having her first birthday and her first Christmas, we were doing a renovation, which was only supposed to take a few months. And instead, it extended longer and longer and longer. And we had all of our Christmas supplies stored in a giant storage facility, and they were in the very back. So there was no chance we were going to be able to pull anything out. So we had no stockings, no tree, no ornaments, not a single Christmas Thing that was important to me. And I was really disappointed as a parent. I thought this is a really important time of year. It's a very important season. And here it is her very first Christmas. And she's, you know, born near Christmas time. She was kind of a Christmas gift to us. And she's not even going to get to experience Christmas the way I wanted to show her. And what ended up happening was I thought, well, what are you going to do? You have to just make the best of the situation. So I pulled a sock out of each kid's dresser and we hung the socks up instead of stockings. And we, I think, got a, you know, a couple little, I don't even remember what we did for a nativity set, but I think we got like a, maybe a cheap one or something at Christian bookstore. And then we had a little half size Christmas tree. Uh, and we were actually living out of our home at the time. And that's all we had room for. And then to decorate the tree, I came up with this idea of printing out photos of our family. And so I had a photo on each side, you know, just glued back to back. And I put a little piece of thread through them and I just hung those on the tree because that was all I really had the capacity for at that time. And so it was probably one of, it was, I shouldn't say probably, it was the simplest Christmas we had ever had up to that point. And at first, like I said, I was very disappointed, but now I look back and I see this adorable picture of my one-year-old standing there with a candy cane in front of this tiny little tree with these socks hanging up and, you know, these pictures all over the tree. And I think, what a great memory that was. And isn't that what we have to do as parents? We kind of have to improvise. I guess what I learned from that is that life is what you make it and Christmas is what you make it. And you just have to stay focused on the positive and what you can make out of the situation. And it ended up being a wonderful thing. She didn't know anything different. Um, we had a wonderful time. And the best part about it is my favorite Christmas decorations to this day are all of those photos that I had printed out back to back. And now we pull them out and put them on the tree every year. And I had also, they aren't just plain square photos. They are, I had cut them out in different shapes. So some of them are like regular ornaments and some of them are Christmas trees or some of them are, you know, like, um, I'm trying to think what else we have, uh, like a coffee mug or, you know, a star or a heart or just a lot of different symbols that mean something to me around Christmas time. So it was, now I have a whole new batch of Christmas ornaments that are important to me and we put them up every year. And then when we had two more kids, they were like, how come we're not in the pictures? <laughs> so I had to make a whole new batch of picture ornaments to go on our tree and again it was very simple didn't cost very much and uh, taught me a lesson in the process 
Uh, there's always hope in Jesus, even if you're facing a challenging situation uh, anytime, but particularly this Christmas. Uh, God can take it all. He can turn it around for his glory. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and listen to an encouraging story from one of our staff members here at Focus. Uh, her name is Ariel, and her story reminds us about why God wants to use our families for his glory during the Christmas season. So a few years ago, I think it was 2016, my maternal grandmother on my mother's side came to stay with us over the Christmas season. She's from California, and then my family and I were in Washington, D.C., so we were just on two separate coasts, and I didn't really get to see her a lot growing up. I could see her once a year for about, like, a week, and so um, it was just something that, like, you know, you don't really get to see her that often, and you don't really get to develop that relationship. So growing up too, my grandmother was also Buddhist, and she was Buddhist um, for pretty much my entire life. My mom grew up Buddhist, and then she became like a believer when I was in elementary school. And so that was something that was a really big prayer just growing up, just for her salvation, because she struggled with a lot of like medical and health issues growing up. And she had like a lot of anxiety surrounding that. She was always really fearful to like fly or to go to the hospital thinking like, hey, this could be an issue or this could be the last time. And she was also one of those people too, like, I don't know if you know people like this when they have certain symptoms and they're super scared, like this could be something bigger. And so that was something I was really used to with my grandmother growing up. Christmas of 2016, my grandmother came and stayed with us for a whole month, which was super exciting because I was just really grateful to spend time with her and have her there for the holiday season. And something too, just to add, is that my grandmother and my mom, when they were growing up, their home dynamic wasn't always something that was super healthy. Uh, my mom's family was kind of just toxic in the sense there was just a lot of drama and a lot of unhealthy family dynamics. And so it was a really cool opportunity for my grandma to come and stay with us and see like her daughter having a healthy marriage and having a healthy family and great relationship with their kids and so Christmas came around and we were at Christmas service and we did the little altar call it was really cool that and honestly it was a big um, just God thing my grandma raised her hand and decided to become a believer on Christmas of 2016 and when we were talking about it later she just said like I have seen God moving in this week and I believe in Jesus and she was saying like I can see with my own daughter and her family of how different it was when we were growing up and how real like Jesus has been in her life and the power of Christ not only in my mom but also in me her grandkids and even moving forward from that too my grandmother was Buddhist for about 70 plus years and for me, like nearing the end of her life, I saw so many drastic changes in that she no longer really had like anxiety about, hey, like I have this medical issue, like am I going to die? She had such a peace that she never really had before. And that's really just like the power of Christ. And it was really cool too to see like as a family, just us spending time with her and really being there over the holiday season was something that um, drew her to the Lord and honestly um, had her be open to hearing about the gospel and seeing what Jesus could do in her life. Um, and so Christmas for me was just a great time to sit there, be with my family, be in community, um, and through being together, share the love of Christ to my grandmother, who, even though she passed away a few years ago, I know is in heaven, and I'm so excited to see one day. That is a remarkable story, and uh, Paul's stories like that remind us it's never too late for God to do something 
uh, utterly amazing in our lives, in our family. And I wonder if someone were to ask you, Paul, why does God want us to be with family during the holidays, what you would say? Well, you know, John, Christmas is the it's the world's greatest birthday party. And wh- wh- who do you celebrate birthdays with? You celebrate with the people you love. And I, I heard a story that I, has always stuck with me. A pastor was in New York City. He was walking along Fifth Avenue with a friend. And it was a jam-packed Fifth Avenue about a week before Christmas. And the pastor turned to him and said, isn't it amazing that a little baby born 5,000 miles away 2,000 years ago is causing a traffic jam in midtown Manhattan? Mm -hmm. And you think about the impact of Christmas through the years, thousands of years later, we still gather, we still keep the traditions. And it's it's an anchoring, I think, for the rest of the year. And I think we all look forward to it regardless of what has gone on the previous year. And, and unfortunately, there are people for whom this year is different than last year. There's that empty chair. There's that tradition that has to go by the wayside. But we have our memories, mm-hmm. and our, we, can, we can hold tight to those. Yeah. And I just want to add to that that um, one of the things I'm grateful for, I mentioned earlier that we had some children who couldn't be with us at various times as they left the nest, so to speak, and established their own lives. And so during those moments, they had kind of some surrogate family members. They had good friends that invited them to participate. Nobody should be alone uh, during this holiday season. And I hope you'll open your heart and your home to somebody that might need some family Uh, And if there's a hurting family in your sphere, maybe you can do something extra special to soften the the difficulties that they're dealing with. Well, as we close in on Christmas, we're going to encourage you to stop by our website where you'll find Allison Pittman's excellent book, Keeping Christmas, 25 Advent Reflections on a Christmas Carol. Now, it is getting a little bit late here, this Advent, but order it now and you'll have it for next year. And uh, you can do that by stopping by the website and making a donation of any amount to the ministry. We'll send that book to you. Uh, We are, of course, still in the middle of Advent. It's not over, and we do have a resource page online that includes prayers and activities for you to do with your family. It's not too late, so uh, stop by focusonthefamily.com slash Christmas stories. And if you're in a spot and can't write that down or hit the website right now, just know that In the show notes, we'll have a link for that page. Well, we sure have loved spending this season with you and your family, and please know that Focus on the Family is here for you to help meet whatever your family needs throughout the year. My thanks to Paul Batura, Danny Huerta, Greg and Aaron Smalley, Roger and Diane Angolia, and the production team, John and Alex. And uh, thanks to you for joining us. I'm John Fuller, wishing you and your family a rich, meaningful Merry Christmas. Thank you.